On today's podcast, we are doing our midseason baseball awards. I am letting Lucas air out some grievances against the all-star teams, and then we are going to get into a little midseason baseball talk. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I am your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today are lead baseball analyst returning from vacation, ready to talk a little baseball, Lucas Jones. Lucas, glad you're back. Yeah, I've been uh, anxious to get on podcasts again. They're lots of fun. Yeah, so I want to start the show with letting you uh, air some grievances about uh, maybe the uh, all-star rosters and selections. I think you may have had a couple of disagreements, maybe one big one, uh, just kind of going to let you get get your bleeding blue out here yeah i do have one problem that i've been uh complaining about on twitter although it's not all bad but i just hate that uh chris bryant is not on the national league all-star team the only cub representative is wade davis who was not on the world series winning team but very deserving of an all-star nod um third base this year was deep for the national league and Chris Bryant, uh, his numbers are right up there with the best of them, though. Even Nolan Arenado, he deserves a starting spot. Arenado's good, but Chris Bryant has a higher OPS plus, and he plays five positions. So that's not the that's not my argument for him having to be on the team, though. Major League Baseball should have somehow either subtly or conspiratorially got him on the team because he's won the reigning National League MVP to the face of the Chicago Cubs who just broke the most historic curse in history. Three, he's the face, one of the most recognizable faces in baseball, and you're already missing one of them from the All-Star game with Mike Trout. Oh, I thought you were going to say David Ross. Uh, well, <laughs> David Ross actually is probably the most famous backup catcher since Bob Uecker, so, you know... We are missing him this year. Uh, well, the Cubs are, um, not the All-Star team, because I couldn't even make a case for David Ross to be on the All-Star team. But anyhow, I just you got to have Chris Bryant on the team. Um, at this point, he didn't win the next, the last player vote in or whatever they just announced today that Justin Turner got. So now, if there's an injury dropout or whatever, I don't want to even. I don't even want him added to the team. He should just take it with the rest of the Cubs. They're struggling so much this year. Just got blown out by the Brewers today in an embarrassing game. Um, let them take the four days and regroup. They need it more than any team in baseball right now to just chill out for four days and then come back ready to play. Um, but yeah, I think it's a huge miss on the All Star game. I don't even know if I'm going to watch it now. Well, I'll be watching, and I'm glad that you've came around to at least Nolan is deserving enough of the starting spot. Nobody doubts Nolan Arenado. Richie just jerks him off so much. Nolan Arenado (laughs) is good, but he plays in Colorado. He's not as versatile as Chris Bryant, and there's a reason Chris Bryant won the MVP last year over Nolan Arenado. We love you, Richie. Uh, So, no, I think that, uh, you know, I was kind of impressed that you know, a couple of years ago, you had the worry that eight Royals were going to start the All-Star game, and there had been a bunch of talk, maybe the fans aren't voting the best players onto the team, and I think this year, they did as well as uh, the fan vote has gone in years. The fact that Corey Dickerson is your starting DH in the American League, uh, 
I like that. Justin Smoke got the nod at first base. Uh, yeah, he, he was very deserving. He's not having a good year. Um, he got in over Hosmer, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, you you want to see Miguel Cabrera down. I don't know if he got in on the player vote or not. I think he did. Did he? Yeah. He may not have. I, I'm not sure. But to beat out someone like him, uh, you know, is pretty good. Yeah, I would say the fans did an overall good job. I actually think the fans did a better job than the player ballots who got to name the reserves. Yeah. Because... DJ LeMayhew, this season's batting like 260, something around there. Well, it, it, close to an 80-point drop from where he finished last season when he won the batting average title, um, which people who uh, are more into advanced statistics or look further into baseball stats understand now that batting average is a very misleading. Oh, it's good to have. You want you got a higher batting average, you're doing something, but it's misleading as far as overall production because you know on base percentage is better than that, OPS is better than that. The one exception I want to make for that is Justin Turner, who does he missed some time this year, but he does have just enough at bats to qualify for the batting title. He's flirting with 400 right now, so that is when you know when your batting average is that high, that's when you take take a step back and say, whoa, okay, that's a pretty cool batting average because just. With it being that high, means you're going to have a as long as you take a few walks, you're going to have a decent on base percentage as well. Yeah, and uh, going back to a little bit of the the player vote for the reserves, uh, I am currently wearing my St. Louis Cardinals hat, and somewhere in this room, maybe behind my degree, I have a my uh, World Series ticket from 2011. It's in it's in the same frame, and so I bring this up because I think that you know Yadier Molina, love him. He's you know the face of the Cardinals since Pujols left. Uh, I think you could have made a real st- strong ta- strong case for uh, Real Muto in uh, Miami, the catcher for the Marlins. And so I don't know that they got it as right as the fans did this year. So, And I think, uh, you know, hitting on your point from earlier, I think that you have to have the reigning MVP, uh, best player from the World Series team on the All-Star team. Was I voted for Nolan Arenado, and to be honest, I voted for Mark Reynolds for the last spot. But I think that it never should have came to that. I think that Chris Bryant should have been an immediate reserve. I don't know if there's some... He certainly should have been in over DJ LeMayhew. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, so that would have opened up another spot for somebody because third base was way deeper. Because it's not just Chris Bryant. Anthony Rendon's second and wins above replacement. Higher than Nolan Arenado, I think. Wow. And he's not on the all-star team. So, and of course, the rosters we discussed pre-show shrunk from 34 all-stars to 32. So that even adds more people that are getting snubbed. It's not a perfect science. The game doesn't count anymore. So I guess maybe we shouldn't get that up in arms because if the game counted, I, I can't even see why Cardinal fans wouldn't want Chris Bryan in over DJ LeMayhew if the game still meant home field advantage because I'd take KB over DJ. Oh, yeah, and, and we both like DJ, DJ LeMayhew, and we both like the Rockies. And uh, it's just, I don't know, I think that there were a couple of misses this year. So let's start talking about what has happened in the first half of the season. Uh, my first note is the Astros are really good. They're 31 games above 500 right now. Lucas, what have been your thoughts on the Strohs so far this year? It's what we expected. Yeah. From our preseason 
our preseason shows, you know, we said the Astros, man, they went out and got Brian McCann and Carlos Beltran, some leaders, some veteran leadership. Um, the AL West has been a little bit worse than we expected. So they really haven't had a lot of people nipping at their heels. They even lost like eight or nine games in a row a while back and still maintain a good record. I've seen that even as good as the Angels have been without Mike Trout and the Angels are right there in a wild card race. They, uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today shot out a Twitter stat last night saying that if the Astros keep their pace to win the division, the Angels would need to go like 67-7 and seven the rest of the way. Holy cow. To to overtake first place as long as the Astros stays on this pace. And everyone's expecting Astros to get a, uh, a front-line starter because Keuchel and McCullers both have durability questions. So they're definitely looking to upgrade that team to make it better. They even want to add a bullpen piece. But, uh, yeah, the Astros were exactly what we expected them to be. They, uh, I think I picked them to win the West. Um, I, 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 like, I like their lineup <laughs> a lot, and their lineup's not disappointing. George Springer, Carlos Correa is batting well over 300 after struggling the first month and a half of the season. He's batting like 200. Yeah. So to get up to well over 300, he has turned it on the last month and a half. So the Astros are, uh, you know, they pretty much got the West wrapped up. Yeah, and... Speaking of the West, the top three teams in the National League West have played really well in the first half of the season. Uh, the Rockies had their best first half ever, and they had that really bad stretch where they lost seven or eight in a row. And so when you lose seven or eight in a row right before the 81-game mark and you still have your best start in team history and are in third place in the division, the Diamondbacks are a team that we did not we weren't as high on as the Rockies, no, we the Dodgers, they, or even the Giants. I like the guys they hired. I remember saying they got a good guy in the front office, and they got Tori Lovello from Boston to be their manager. And, you know, we knew they had Goldie and uh, A.J. Pollock. Man, Robbie Ray's come on from, you know, in the rotation, and Zach Gronke's better than he was last year. So you take a step back and look at him, and they're like, we can't be that surprised, but you know, they pretty much have at least a wild card spot wrapped up uh, just from the Central and everybody in the East besides the Nationals being so bad. So, you know, when you look at it as far from the Rockies standpoint as they just got John Gray back who pitched good the other night and hit a dinger. Yeah. Um, like a 464-foot home run or something, like the longest one hit by the Rockies this year, and it was from John Gray who just got back from a lengthy DL stint. Woo! Um, I think Chad Bettis is trying to get back this year. I don't think – I think he might be a month and a half away maybe. Um, he would, He's uh, got diagnosed with cancer again, a, a recurrence. The cancer recurrence in spring training came back, um, but apparently he's going to be able to get back, which is what we all hoped for. We still hope for the best. That's always tricky. You never know. You don't want to assume anything, but – so the Rockies, they were needing some rotation help because they had a bunch of young guys. They're getting John Gray back, Chad Bettis back. Look for them to make a trade at the deadline for, I don't know, maybe not not a, not a frontline guy. I don't think they'll be able to pull a trade off for a frontline guy. But look for maybe a Derek Holland or someone like that. You uh, Darvish, maybe? I've heard that mentioned on this <laughs> podcast before. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely promoting the U Darvish to Rockies trade, also to the Cubs, if that may happen. <laughs> but I think the Rangers are going to hold on U Darvish because U Darvish likes playing for the Rangers. The Rangers believe they're, he's going to sign back with them, and the Rangers are going to try to use U Darvish to get uh, Otani from Japan. 
Yeah, and in in what you were just talking about, you kind of hit on my other big point from the first half of the season, which which was that the National League playoff spots, I think four of the five are, if not completely wrapped up, then they're close. The Diamondbacks are 10 up on the Cubs, who are a couple up on the Cardinals, and then the Rockies, I believe, are seven games up right now. And so that's a pretty big stretch to overcome. And then if the Cubs do overcome that, then the Brewers would have to I mean, you know, something has to give there. So I think that four of the five spots are wrapped up. One caveat I want to put with that is with a team like the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, if they were to go on a 10-game slide and collapse, I don't think I would be surprised. Um, It doesn't appear they will, but these things happen. Um, The Brewers have done it before. The Braves have done it before. So it can happen. That's Speaking of the Brewers, that lineup is good. Yeah. It is a good lineup. And they're not even playing Lewis Brinson yet every day, who scouts all across Major League Baseball just love. Teams want him. And they're like, you know, he could be a trade chip for another arm if the Brewers want him. But the Brewers like him so much, they're likely not going to do that. Now, they may trade Keon Broxton, their center fielder. He is possibly to be traded, but their owner said... My outlook has changed on this team. If they want to be buyers, he's like, I'm okay with that. But he said he's not going to get into David Stearns. That's their GM guy, Ivy League trained, like Theo Epstein type guy that's turned this team around. He said, I'm not going to get in his way. If he doesn't want, you know, if he wants to keep these guys he signed and scouted and things, he's like, that's fine too. So it sounds like ownership's all in on the Brewers, whichever direction they want to go. Um, At this point, I thought they would have fallen off some, but they haven't. Part of that is the Cubs haven't played up to their potential. So, you know, looking at it, yeah, the Central is probably only going to have one team come out of it, and that's their only hope to make the playoffs. Um, With that being said, I still like the Cubs to win the division. I don't know if that's the homer in me or just the talent recognition on the team. I feel like Theo will make the right move. It's hard to doubt Theo. And unless you're a Red Sox fan or a Cubs fan, then you may not understand the just adoration or admiration for Theo and how much you believe in his quote-unquote to steal it from the 76ers, Sam Hinkie, who got fired, but the process. Yeah, and I think that we've both kind of said the whole first half of this season that neither one of us believe that the Cubs will play this bad the rest of the way. Not that the Brewers couldn't. They're but, seven, eight games up above 500. But their lineup, the Brewers' lineup was just so – I mean, Brian Braun's missed like a month this year. Yeah. And here they are still winning because Eric Thames is doing more than anybody thought he was going to. But then they got just a lot of young guys. Orlando Arcia is producing and – Keon Broxton and Domingo Santana and you know it it just goes on and on with them they're having guys their lineup is just you know it's good it's a good major league baseball lineup yeah my point is I think that if the Brewers play to the best of their potential and the Cubs play to their potential that I still think the Cubs can make up four and a half games and win the the Cubs have a better bullpen and they have a better pedigree of starting pitching that's not to say, you know, about all of them's lost some velocity. I think John Lackey, I hate to say this, but Father Time always wins. I would not be surprised if at some point, if he doesn't turn it around in the next three or four starts coming out of the All-Star break, if he doesn't get DFA'd. Woo! 
you can't keep he you can't keep him in the bullpen because his problem is he's he's gave up the most home runs in baseball this year. He almost always gives up one or two runs in the first inning. So that he's not going to be a good reliever if you come in in the fifth or sixth and you're giving up a run or two. What else can you do with him? You're going to need that roster spot if you got someone younger that's ready to go or you make a trade for somebody and they need to put on the 40-man roster. So uh, just keep an eye on that. Like, I'm officially starting the John Lackey DFA. I mean, love John Lackey. Solid Texan. Solid Texan. Great, you know, great interview. He gives great yeah. interviews, wears the cowboy hat, good veteran teammate. But John Lackey's also smart enough in baseball to know if he's not producing, he'll probably say DFA me. He's going to get paid either way. Oh, yeah, and that's the great thing about baseball contracts and basketball contracts. Uh, so now let's turn this to the second half of the season, and I want to talk trade deadline. Uh, we talked a lot about that in our uh, preview, in our baseball preview. Uh what do you what trades do you think are most likely to happen? Uh, I'm I'm the hard one for me is I think that the Nationals have to get some bullpen help. They have a ten and a half game lead with no bullpen. Yeah, you got to have a bullpen in playoffs. That's just been proven time and time again. With the Royals, let's just go ahead and throw this out there: the Royals are not going to be sellers like we've been promoting, and they've played so good. And I'm to hell with it buy trade for somebody go for it royals go for one last time you're only half game out of first place right now they're in the second wild card to that end you got herrera is going to be off the market so that leaves the best available closers david robinson who's only blown one save this year so i mean in honestly the nationals would have like an 18 game lead right they've blown like 10 games i want to assume wins so let's just say out of their blown games, they would have saved eighty of them with a bona f- or eighty percent of them with a bona fide. That's eighteen games that they would be up in the division if they had a closer. Dusty's been saying it for a month and a half already. He's like, "Get me some bullpen help." They haven't done it yet. People are kind of afraid to trade after the All Star game. They'll really start heating up. But they're, I think they're going to make a run for David Robinson, and they may get end up getting two relievers from. The White Sox. They got another reliever that are pretty good too. They might be able to package him. John Heyman had a list of nine trades that he had thought out today that he'd put on his uh, one of the websites he writes for, uh, FanRag Sports. Um, every Thursday he comes out with National League and American League notes. It's a must read for you guys. Um, and then he always has a little article to deal with something else. And today he had nine trades he'd like to see. And he had Robertson go into the Nationals and they didn't have to give up Victor Robles to do it. Which is going to be a big thing. The Nationals are determined not to give up on him. Yeah, and uh, we or I read the story uh, about Dayton Moore basically saying that if we're in the position to go for it, we're going to go for it. And uh, you know they may. I their minor leagues are pretty thin. Let me and, throw a name out for you, Johnny Cueto. Back to the ah, uh, I had because thought about here's that my one. Think, here's my thinking on that is he's going to be tough for the Giants to trade because they're, everyone's almost certain he's going to opt out. He's got an opt-out clause after this season. So the Giants, they got to be thinking, well, if they're convinced he's going to opt out, they're going to have to pony up more money to keep him. And there may be some other team, the Dodgers, the Yankees, who will be looking for an arm, the Red Sox may be looking for an arm, another one. You never know. You know, The Cubs might make throw money at him. They got $70, $80 million coming off the books this year. So they got to trade him for somebody, 
and it's risky because teams aren't going to want to give up a lot to get someone who may end up opting out. And you know who doesn't have a lot? The, the Royals. <laughs> so, you know, they may be okay with giving up somebody, and the Giants might just have to say, yeah, we'll do it, you know. Hunter Dozier Royals. is better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, we'll trade him Jorge Soler. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the Giants need outfield help, so why not? I mean, it'd be they'd have three or four years of Soler, three more seasons of him. That might help their outfield positioning, and he hasn't really contributed to this Royals team very much. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, and I mean, go for it. If you're, I don't know. You know, I, and if Cueto does opt in after a trade to the Royals, pay him. You're going to have free yeah. money. You're going to got money off the books after this year. You already know you're not going to be able to get all your free agents back. So you already have a pitcher, a pitcher who's good, and then spend the rest of your money. And you know, personally for me, I'd bring Mike Moustakis back over Hosmer or Kane. Oh yeah, Moose is killing the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I, you know, I watched the uh, Royals game late last night in Seattle, and you know, there was a little bit of pizzazz that they didn't have last year and they didn't have the first part of this year that I just saw in that team. I don't it's know. It's so hard to compete after you win a World Series. Yeah. You play an extra month in the season. When you haven't won a World Series in a long time, like the Royals and the Cubs, you get so much attention, so many other things going on. I'm, like, I'm not trying to make excuses. Yeah. But that's just how it is for a lot of these teams. And I'm glad you mentioned pizzazz because that's what the Cubs are missing. They're not out there with the pizzazz they had last season. For whatever, last season I remember watching thinking, you know, this is a good team. I like their chances this year. This year I'm watching them and I'm like, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Anything can happen once you get in. But I'm sitting there like, they may have to go home. Yeah. I was was waiting for you to be like, you know, if you haven't won a World Series in a long time, like the Cubs or the Royals or the Cardinals. (laughs) Hashtag 2011. I was just waiting for that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to ask me about the Verlander to Cubs trade. Go. Have you not heard the rumors? No, I haven't. Apparently, the Cubs have called the Tigers about Justin Verlander. And, of course, after that, the Tigers, you know, like a turkey, puffed their chests out and said, yeah, we'll trade Verlander, but it has to be a big, big deal, and we're not going to eat any money. And so, obviously, Theo's not an idiot, so he's not yeah. going to do that. Verlander's owed about $14 million the rest of this year, $28 million next year, and then he has a $22 million option the next season if he finishes top five in the Cy Young, yeah. which if he does finish top five in the, five in the Cy Young, then he's worth that $22 yeah. million, and worth the previous $28 million he would have made that season. So, I don't think the money's the thing. His He's actually throwing harder than he did last year. But he's not getting the outs he got last year, um, so it's kind of you know, it's kind of a, a big deal to take on because he's 34 and you just don't know what you know. Is he going to bounce back? His peripherals are okay. He's throwing a little harder. His ERA's kind of skyrocketed. We're moving to the National League where he has one less quote unquote hitter to face. Will that help him some? But I don't think the Cubs are going to you know do the big big. He's not going to bring an Eloy Jimenez or an Ian Happ or Addison Russell, who I think could be traded um, back. And John Heyman kind of echoed the same thing. The trade he mentioned was Verlander and $20 million in cash for three of the Cubs' top five starting pitching prospects. Mm. Um, I'd actually be okay with that because one of them is not Dylan Cease, who's the Cubs' top pitching prospect. 
So I'm do it because Theo's the master of if not now when. Of course, he doesn't have the he won it last year, so yeah, you don't need to go by that philosophy. But heck, go for it. Trade three of your because starting pitching prospects are fickle. You don't know if they're going to turn yep. out or not. They're not as easy as that's why I'm under the the uh, drafting. If you got a top in the first round, you should almost always take a hitter. Yeah. Because they are so much more easier to hit on than you they are pitching. So you're talking about drafting good young hitters. You're talking about, we were talking about teams playing without pizzazz. Then we're talking about teams with trade deadline decisions to make. That kind of just all wraps right into the St. Louis Cardinals. Which John Heyman had an interesting trade proposal for them to get Josh Donaldson. Let's hear it. And I don't think Cardinal fans, the guys that know the team, would want to do this trade. And for let me preface this by you'd have a year and a half of Donaldson, free agent after next year. Cardinals aren't exactly the team that pays the highest dollar for people like him, yeah. even though they should. But, and this is a huge, huge trade. So it's your number one pitching prospect coming into the season, Alex Reyes, <sighs> Magnair Sierra, and Dalvin Perez for Josh Donaldson. And he did say, you know, if the Cardinals Ugh. didn't really want to give up Reyes, they could probably replace him with two of these three, Jack Flaherty, Luke Weaver, and Harrison Bader. I would probably do either Warity or uh, Flaherty or Weaver and Bader instead of Reyes because – I think that uh, Weaver and Flaherty both have good stuff, but I think they're a lot more closer to Michael Waka than they than you know. I think Alex Reyes is more of a can't miss than either of those two are. I think they both have really good stuff. Well, and, and the thing is, if you think that, the Blue Jays probably think that too. Yeah. And you have to remember, they don't have to trade Donalds. Yeah. Because they have money coming off the books after 2018. They have other guys they can trade this year to kind of retool and come back at it next year as well. So uh, the Blue Jays, you know, they may trade Bautista, Marco Estrada, Jay Happ, but they don't have to sign through next year, but they could, and they could still keep Donaldson and make him the cornerstone of the future, even though that future is not as long because Donaldson's already like 32 years old. He was a late yeah. bloomer. So you have to be careful with what, you know, if the Cardinals didn't make the Dexter Fowler signing, I would, you know, I'd say go get Donaldson and then sign him to an extension. But Dexter's money, Piscotty's money, and while it's not a lot, it adds up because yeah. you're paying all these guys that you got them cheap comparatively, but they're also not the top ten guys in their positions in baseball. Yeah, and that's what the Cardinals look to be riddled with this year. Uh, it's just. It's been tough to watch. And the guys that they're calling up, uh, no disrespect to DeYoung or Voigt or Maya. Uh, Martinez started the year with a big club. But they're not guys that, you know, you're going to sign to long-term deals. They're uh, kind of Band-Aid prospects, I guess you would call them. Uh, so the Cardinals are going to have to do something in the deadline. Uh, I would say most likely Lance Lynn's gone. I don't know. Well, if they decide what, to if, go for it, they have to keep them. I I guess that depends on with what. There's no one on their major league team right now that's going to bring the return that most people think they can. 
See, I don't even thing. If you want to get a Donaldson or somebody like that, you're gonna to have to tap into your I disabled just list. Knock the table over. <laughs> you're gonna to have to get in to trade your number one prospect in Reyes. And then you're going to have to start trading these guys that haven't came up to the majors yet and flopped or proven to be a, an average player. Um, you're not going to get anything for Colton Wong. Stop saying that, Richie. You're not going to get... <laughs> I think Richie knows you're not getting anything out of Colton Wong. You're not going to get... You know, you can't package Voight and Dijong for, you know... Ooh, anybody. new trade names. Yeah, yeah, we got new trade names here. Randall Gritchuk, as much as he frustrates you guys still not bringing back the impact that you need uh, i see a lot of people tired of O and trevor rosenthal which it's weird because i seen uh ortiz one of the writers b writers for the cardinals say that rosenthal could possibly bring back an andrew miller type package and i almost shit my pants because there's <laughs> no way no way and don't get me wrong because i if the cardinals had him out on the block I would want the Cubs to trade something for him, nothing big, but I would take him because give me that 100-mile-an-hour thrower and see if someone else, a new pitching coach or somebody, can you know, fix his control problems because I'll always take 100 miles an hour at least to tinker with and see if you can get it to work. Yeah, because you can't teach a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. But you can't trade your has-been, and I'm using that in quotation marks, so I'm not saying there has-been, but they've been used as your closers this year and have failed. You can't trade your failed closers for a non-failing closer. That's not yeah. how it works. So the whole point of what I'm getting at is you're going to have to tap into these names we listed for this Josh Donaldson trade. And even to get lesser players than Donaldson, you'd likely have to trade a Bader or Weaver or someone like that, even if it's just one of them for a you know, a Todd Frazier or somebody who I wouldn't recommend trading for. But Now, here is where I'm at. I'm not of the you know, sell out the future to go for it now. And I'm not the just completely screw it and start over. I think that the Cardinals going forward need someone to hit in the middle of the lineup because right now they have nobody. I also think if there's a way, uh, they're not going to sign Lance Lynn back. Uh, easy, easy solution is Weaver, Reyes, and probably Flaherty are all ready for the rotation next year. Well, Reyes probably ain't even going to pitch till next June or July, probably. Oh, he tore it in uh, March, February? Yeah, but give him a year before he starts throwing, but you aren't going to have him in. I mean, he's still young, too, so you're not going to bring him along super quick. You're going to be very... He's not going to come back as quick as Lance Lynn did from it, because Lance Lynn was late 20s, maybe, early 30s. Late 20s. He's 29. Late late 20s, if he's ready to throw, he can throw, but you're not going to have 21, 22-year-old Alex Reyes coming back trying to make the starting rotation next April. Yeah, but uh, here is where I was going with all of this. Lance Lynn's expendable. Uh, Adam Wainwright, how, how much long longer? He through? I don't know. He's got, no, he's got two more years at $19 million per year. Not worth it. And, I mean... At what point does Wainwright, because I know he's a big competitive guy, at what point are you like, what's best for me is to go to the bullpen? The Cardinals are going to have to pay him either way. You know, $38 million. I've seen the bullpen this year. Nah, Wainwright could maybe throw you an inning, maybe even come in and, I don't know, I hate to say a mop-up duty, 
but getting him out there every fifth day to just get used for batting practice is not the best use of him or that spot in the rotation. The thing is, he shows flashes. He but does. And he's not quite as bad as John Lackey is right now yeah. as far as I've seen way, way, way worse than I've seen a few John Lackey flashes where only he's pitched pretty good. Not as many flashes as Wainwright's had with Wainwright of old, but come on, guys. He hasn't been the same since his Achilles tear. He's just getting older, and that's $20 million a year on the books that you're not getting. And it's tough to move a guy when you're paying $20 million a year to the bullpen, but you know, at some point, what do you do? Because yeah. do you want him going out there in any of the playoff series, in the short series, in a five-game series? You can't afford to have – No. You can't have Wainwright throwing two games. No. Which I don't think they'd probably line him up that way. But, it, you know, he's not Chris Carpenter. No, he's, he's not. not going to just pull it out, just some October magic. You know, he's not – he's had a great career. He's great for the community. The time, you know – Father time wins. He had some bad luck injuries. It's time to start thinking about the future, and he's not part of it. Yeah, and that's that's my big thing here is if you can move money around more than anything, I don't expect I wouldn't expect big returns for anybody on the Cardinals that I would be looking to move. But if you can get anything out of most of these guys or a salary dump, then I would call that a win. Use some of that money. Find a three-hole hitter. There's not That's one in the whole Pujols, organization. Left. That's what they're missing. Yeah, and, and Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday what? Matt Holiday is a great guy to have in the lineup for protection. Yeah. But not is the guy that's going to come out there and just kill you. Which Beltran That's had a couple of good years after Pujols left, and that really kind of hid that. But you, you need somebody to hit in the three hole and you have nobody in the whole organization from rookie ball up to St. Louis that can hit in that three hole. And so I think that you can start to look at trading some guys to lower some salary while also bringing that piece in. Uh, you know, there you don't have to be the the old Florida Marlins where you just fire sell everyone and you don't have to you know, you don't have to be Dave Dombrowski and give out everybody in your minor league system to go for it. Uh, sorry, I just had to throw well, that one yeah. out there. And, and speaking on that point, you said earlier, I'm not saying let's sell out and go for it or buy in and go for it or whatever, make the moves for that. And I agree with you because I don't want the Cubs to sell out and go for it because there's only, by my calculation, four teams right now that should just absolutely do whatever they can to win the World Series this year, and that's the Nationals. They need a bullpen. Agreed. That's the Dodgers. They probably don't even really need anything, but they could probably use another arm or an outfielder. They yeah. got the pieces to do it. The Astros, you yep. get them another starter. And, you know, them are the three big teams. But I'm going to throw the Royals in there too because if they don't trade these guys and they want to go for it, then they sure as hell need to go for it and get the pieces they need. Because if they win the World Series, it'll make losing a bunch of guys and losing for the next five years a hell of a lot easier to swallow. Oh, no doubt. And when you talk to somebody, folks, when you talk to somebody about baseball almost every day for 15 years, you 
think exactly alike because I didn't have the Dodgers, but I had the other three for sure. And I completely agree. Well, if you were any you of those four teams. It, Astros, no World Series. Nationals, no World Series. Dodgers ain't won since 88. And the Royals, you know, whatever. They won two years ago, but they know they're going to lose the core of their World Series team. So they might as well try to win another one before it gets all broken up. Yeah. Everyone can see the writing on the wall. And it'll make a rebuild a lot easier for Royals fans if they say, well, we won two, you know, we won three pennants and won two of uh, two of the last three three world series yeah yeah and i completely agree on all of that so are you about ready to uh hit some mid-season awards let's do it okay uh the first one that i want to do is american league manager of the year i got aj hinch who you got i agree yeah it's it's i mean it's it's aj hinch i mean yeah he took a good astros team we knew he's gonna be good but he's they're good. I mean, it's He's, not always easy to live up to expectations, and the Astros have exceeded yeah. expectations um, this year. Mid-season, yeah, right now he's manager of the year. If the Yankees somehow win the AL East and make the playoffs, I mean, you can't. That's, uh, that's for end-of-the-season podcast, but keep an eye on Joe Girardi because I like some of the pieces they had, but they're honestly pretty damn good team. Yeah, and so National League, uh, I have three names. I'm undecided. I'm going to kind of see who you go with before I make my pick. But I have um, Lavolo, or Lavolo, I can't say that correct, from Arizona. You know, they've had a great season. Our preseason National League Manager of the Year, Bud Black. And Craig Council, who I did not think we would be having this conversation about right now. No, Craig Council is definitely a surprise on your list, but I'm not... I'm okay with it. He, you know, he took a Brewers team that people just thought, you know, of course, on our preseason podcast, we said, take whatever the over is in Vegas for the Brewers. I said that several times. You did. Um, So, Craig Council, though, yeah, doing pretty good. Luvolo took a Diamondbacks team. No one really counted on winning this year. They're winning. Bud Black, obviously, he's been good with, he's been good for the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. and then I'm going to throw this name out there. It's not really probably a huge surprise, but Dusty Baker. Yeah. And let and I'll tell you why is because a lot of it, some of it's the product of the East being kind of weak, but he doesn't have a bullpen. I mean, it's a who's who yeah. out there. Several different guys trying to close. He don't know, you know, he has to manage through that. And that's bad for a clubhouse when you blow that many games, even if you are good. You think Bryce Harper's happy? And, and not fuming that when they lose games because oh, they're yeah. closer. And they've lost their starting center fielder, who they gave a fortune for, in Eaton. And they lost Trey Turner for a couple months. Yeah. And they're having to fight through all of this, and they're still winning, when it'd be easy for the team to go on an eight-game losing streak and say, oh, well, you know, our bullpen sucks, and yeah. we lost our leadoff hitter. Then we lost our new leadoff hitter. Um, so just you know, it's a tough decision on who the midseason is. So if I had to choose, um, I think I'm going to stick with Bud Black, though. Uh, me too. <laughs> I, I decided that whenever you were talking about uh, Dusty Baker. So the easiest one, uh, Rookie of the Year, you can give me both because we agree on both of these. Judge and Bellinger. And yeah. Don't even really have. I don't to, think it's close. You don't even have to say anything about Bellinger missed a month of the season. The dude would be sitting at 35 home runs right now if yeah. he played in April. National League Cy Young. Max Scherzer. Agreed. Max Scherzer's who I got. American League Cy Young. You know, I'll just let you take over on this one. Okay, so I, I disclosed this one to Lucas beforehand. 
I have Jason Vargas. And so I had to look up some stats to back this up. Uh, so he leads the American League in wins, 12. Uh, he is first in war at four. Uh, his 2.62 ERA is second. Uh, Chris Sale leads the AL in uh, ERA at 2.61. Uh, he has a 1.147 whip, which is ninth. Uh, he has a 174 uh, adjusted ERA plus, which is second, and Chris Sales is 175. Uh, and then his 3.79 fielding independent, independent pitching. pitching is best for 10th in the American League. So my point here is that, you know, I wanted to look into uh, a few of the other categories other than your traditionals because I feel like if a guy like Jason Vargas is having a good year, even if it's wins, if it's ERA, you know, some of that can be disguised by either good defense, uh, your team hits whenever you're pitching, they don't hit when other teams are pitching. So, uh, you know, Chris Sale would be the easy answer, but I'm going to go against the grain and say uh, Jason Vargas, midseason Cy Young. Yeah, uh, after you listen to the numbers, I'm not going to disagree with you. My only other pick would be Chris Sale. Um, that's real easy to do. So just to deny the East Coast a winner, let's go with someone from the – Mid-America. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so American League MVP. Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to him. If Mike Trout wasn't hurt right now, you got to go with be, him. Yeah. Um, that's not to say, you know, Mike Trout's playing in minor league games right now, maybe ready to go after the All-Star break. So Mike Trout will probably come back in and race back up to the top of that. Um but voters are very, very – they like finding people that's not Mike Trout to give the MVP award for. Yeah. So who knows? Aaron Judge, you know, he's got a chance right now to become the first 300-200 guy. That's batting over 300 and having 200 strikeouts, which is just damn impressive. <laughs> so if he does that, <laughs> I'll give it to him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's had a great year. Uh, National League MVP. Goldie. I have Paul Goldschmidt, but I also wrote down you could make a very strong – case for Joey Votto. Well, I've seen over the last 162 games, Votto's batting like 370 or something, which yeah. is just insane. Um, I did some digging on advanced metrics and his advanced metrics this year. And I'm going to go, but I like Goldschmidt because he flies under the radar so much, but he's good defensively. He's got the power. His average is there, and he steals bases. You just I was don't see say, that from first baseman a whole lot. He, he has the potential to be a 30-30 guy. Yeah, I think he probably. He, I think he likely will. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to do World Series right now unless you're just dying to. <laughs> no, but let's do. Let's try something new real quick. Let's do a second half hot take and a second half serious take. On something you think may happen in both leagues or either league or just overall. I know it's kind of on the spot, but I just thought yeah. of this idea and I think it might be kind of fun. A uh, hot take. I want you to lead off. I want to okay, see I'll do I'll head. do a hot take for the National League right here. Uh, Addison Russell gets traded from the Chicago Cubs. Um, I'm going to do an American League. You Darvish gets traded from the Rangers. That's definitely two hot takes because... You know, I think it's more likely Addison gets traded than you, though. I just, yeah, I just think that Javier Baez has been so hot over the last month, and he's so slick with the glove. And Addison Russell's still young, and he's good too. That he will, pro he could bring back someone Theo could have on. You know, he could bring back quite a haul for Theo to revamp that pitching staff that's going to lose John Lackey and Jake Arrieta after this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, you know, a great defensive shortstop that holds a bat pretty well under the age of twenty five. Yeah, I would have. I mean, he's gonna, and he's expendable. Ian Happ is good. Ian Happ is real good. If you guys don't believe me, oh, take yeah. a look at his numbers. He can man second base, and that opens up shortstop for Javi. And right now, I'd rather have Ian Happ than Addison Russell. That may not be a good long-term solution, but Ian Happ's a switch hitter, and he's got some power, and he tries hard. And Addison hustles, too. Don't get me wrong. I love all these guys. Yeah. And Addison will be adored in Chicago forever, but Theo's not ready to quit trade Schwarber yet. And, you know... At some point, Schwarber will get traded, probably after next year when Theo's trying to open up a spot for Bryce Harper. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Couldn't make it through the podcast without that. Uh, so, anyways, that's my hot take. Like I said, you got to take have, these hot takes with a grain of salt. Do you have but, an, a serious National League take? Yeah, in my serious National League take, you know, we should just call this Chicago takes. The Cubs are going to make a trade for a controllable starting pitcher, and they'll turn the ship around after the all-star break and i wouldn't be surprised to see them go on a 20 game stretch where they go 15 and 5 and take back the national league central my american league uh serious take which is going to sound like a hot take i think the kansas city royals make it at least to the alcs i think something gets done uh for another arm and that they kind of ride this you know one last ride with the fellas uh and they, uh, I think that... I think they should at this point. It's crazy how our tunes changed in three and a half months. Oh, no kidding. Where we're like, they need to sell, they need to sell. Well, they're 20 and 22 and 10 over the last 32 games or whatever. And it's like, you know what? Go for it, Royals. Just while the band's still together, get you an arm, get you another bat. Give you shit. Trade for something that's going to be yeah. a free agent. Trade for Todd Frazier. Let him hit dingers for you from the oh, DH yeah. spot or whatever, you know? Okay, let's one last thing we're going to do most impressive team and least impressive team. Lucas, most impressive team right now. Um man, I hate to do this. I want to pick the Rockies, but I want to pick the Diamondbacks because we were so high on the Rockies to yeah. begin with. I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. They've showed some staying power. I'm going to go with them over the Brewers because looking back on our preview, we said take the over. They're going to be better than people think. I didn't think it's going to be this good. But the Diamondbacks are better than the Brewers. Since you took the Diamondbacks, I'll do an AL team. Uh, the Minnesota Twins have a winning record right now. They're a game back in the second wild card spot. Uh, not really. I think you know that's kind of in the most impressive. Outside, let us know how they're doing it. Let's just be honest. Yeah, Barrios is pitching good. Irvin Santana's pitching good. His peripherals aren't as good. Yeah. as his numbers would suggest. So you really don't know if he has staying power, but he has half the season under his belt so he might and then they have san sano and you know i don't even think dozier's hitting as good as he did last year is he no he wasn't in the first half of last year either yeah the dude hit like 30 bombs in the second half so hell they got a chance i guess if he definitely does, you know and you still got all pro hitter joe mauer on the team you don't hear much out of him but i'm sure he's a professional that shows up every day and does what he does okay let's do least impressive the chicago cubs they're coming off a 103-win team. They really didn't lose anybody. They get Schwarber back for the year. Hayward's got a retooled swing. They get Wade Davis for the full season. Oh. They just, And they're uh, one or two games under 500 right now, four and a half back of the Brewers, one game ahead of the Cardinals. Um, so that's my most least impressive or disappointing team 
Yeah, biggest disappointment. Yeah, and since you said the Cubs, because I really, really thought you were going to say the Giants, so I was going to say the Cubs at risk of getting punched. On oh, I think, during well, the, you did say least impressive. You said disappointing. Yeah. I might have said the Giants. They're... Yeah, and uh, yeah, just throw the Giants in, whether it's disappointing or impressive. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's worse than disappointing. It's horrid. Yeah, it's they're twenty terrible. games under five hundred. Uh, at the time of recording, they're thirty-four and fifty-three. They have to. They have to sell some guys. We talked earlier. They have to trade Cueto. They need to trade Smarja. That's about all they got, really, to trade. They need some outfield help, bad. So they need to get a controllable outfielder. They need, you know, they have a decent core with Mad Bum, Posey, uh, Crawford, Hunter Pence. Uh, pinch not none of them guys are gonna bring much. Brandon Belt might bring bring enough back if they could trade Belt, Cueto, and Smarja. They could probably be retooled just enough offensively yeah. to compete next year after they go back and re-sign one of them pitcher. Well, not Smarja, but Cueto or someone else that's on yeah. the market this year. But uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of a wash of a season for them, and a lot of guys are saying well their their upper management have said they're not going to sell out they're looking for a quick retool um i expect them to actually sell two or three guys this year i'd be surprised if they didn't i may be wrong that seems to be i'm going against the grain on what they've said but i think the smart money's on them trading some guys yeah and i completely agree so you got anything else before we wrap up the mid-season podcast oh i wish it well i mean baseball's great um, I haven't had a great first season, first half of the season like I did last year. Yeah, when the Cubs were already up like seven games or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, in the second half, it should be fun. There is a few competitive races out there. The playoff teams, the National League's pretty much set except for the Central winner. But the West should be fun to watch. The AL East will be fun to watch, and the AL Central should be fun to watch. Yeah, and so. I want to give some thank yous out because I was just thinking this is our mid-season podcast. Uh, we started this in January. Uh, I looked at the my pinned tweet on my personal Twitter account, and uh, whew, it's taken some uh, support, some kind words from everybody. Uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster. Uh, thanks, Lucas. Uh, Got to thank my wife, Lindsay, for letting us come into my guest room <laughs> a couple of nights a week and let me and Lucas podcast. And uh, JK, Anthony, uh, everybody who's been on, uh, Brad Lee, uh, Christopher Martell from uh, Fox Sports Tennessee. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listened, everybody who's shared uh, comments. We love the comments. Keep those coming in. Uh, I think I can speak on behalf of everybody. It's been really fun so far, and uh, I guess I just kind of got a got a little excited, you know, that we are halfway through the baseball season. We really uh, got good momentum with this podcast. I'm very thankful uh, for everybody, and uh, you know, we got you know second half of the season to go. Things will start picking up. Look for a few extra podcasts because you got fantasy football and football season just oh, right around the corner. Baby, training camp and three weeks you know sec football it's gonna you know it's really gonna pick up some so you'll want to start listening to some of the football stuff too we got yeah hopefully get some uh college football guests lined up some good writers some good people to listen to might get jeff fisher on he's not doing anything right now yeah best eight and eight in football (laughs) so no that's all we listen jeff we don't mean that 
Yeah, yeah. come on the podcast, Jeff. We'll talk about it. Uh, that's all we got for today. For Lucas, I'm Devin. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This is the Fumbling Punter Podcast. <laughs>